What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. Hey! I'm sorry. I just had to. <laughs> yeah, my, I know. my name is Ben Bowling. I don't oh, normally I you talk that way. The fans there for a second. Oh, thank you. No, yeah. I've, I've, I've been working on... We've gone through a couple of... Uh, Some of the listeners are going, who's the fonts? Oh, gosh. We are getting old, aren't we? Yeah, I guess so. And you know what? One of the uh, one of the signs that we're getting old... What's that? I thought you still had to break in a new car engine. Oh. Up until very recently. Dude, me too. And I feel kind of dumb because I've been obeying rules mm-hmm. that do not really apply to the cars I've owned. Now, you know? see, now, younger listeners are probably saying, what, what are these guys talking about? What right. So, just to give you an idea, I mean, th- this is an idea actually that came from Candace Keener, mm-hmm. uh, one of our podcasters here, used to have her own show here. She's uh, she's still an editor. Yep. Um, so, Candace, thank you for this suggestion, but she was asking about a break-in period, and I, I didn't really investigate this until, because I, I just haven't had a new car ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents had a new car a long time ago, and yeah. we had to go through this break-in procedure with it. And I thought that was really strange that now you don't necessarily have to do that because Candace was asking about it, mm-hmm. and I said, honestly, I don't even know if you have to do that anymore. And as it turns out, there's some uh, different opinions on this. Yeah, there's a little bit of a debate. We'd like to hear uh, you guys take on it, of course. But uh, go back with us. Hop in our audio time machine and, and go back where you had to break in a car. Yeah, this is really strange because it wasn't that long ago, really. It seems like it wasn't that no. long ago. But I guess it was probably, at this point, 20 years, 30 years ago. Um, yeah, I know. I could see you cringing over there. Just, but... just go. Let's just say 20. Okay, 20. <laughs> it was 20 years ago, let's say. And, uh, you know, when you bought a new car from a dealership, they would say, now you have to break in this engine. Mm-hmm. And you'd say, well, what, what do I have to do for that? And they would give you this procedure that you'd have to do. You had to drive under certain revolutions. You wouldn't, mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to take it past a certain revs, you like know, revs past 3,000 or something. Yeah, exactly. Past 3,000. Uh, you had to keep it under a certain mile per hour speed, uh, mm-hmm. for the first, let's say 500 miles. Yeah. Then you bring it back for a, an oil change. And, you know, and this, this all varies, you know, based mm-hmm. on manufacturer and, and model type and model yeah. and everything. But, um, this is just a general idea of what it was, what it was all about. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea. 
So you'd have these miles that you'd have to go under a certain a mile limit that you'd have to go under a certain mile per hour and keep it under a certain revolutions per minute. Mm. And, you know, sometimes they even talked about special braking oil that was, that was, you know, factory installed in engines. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the oil change intervals for new cars were, were completely different than what you would normally adhere to. You know, you'd have to come in at the first thousand miles or 500 mm. miles, like I talked about, and have them take out this braking oil. And then you'd have to do another set of, uh, you know, these, these, break-in procedures up until you got to 2,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, the car was to be driven as normal. Right. So, so no long road trips. No. No. Not, uh, not for the first, you know, 2,000 miles or 5,000 miles or yeah. whatever it happened to be, right? Yeah. So it kind of was a pain, right? Wouldn't you say? Yes. And I, you know, I I was not at the place in my life where I could buy new cars at the time where you had to break them in. Me either. Yeah. But the the thing that's, that's weird, because this stuff sounds kind of strange if you're a younger driver and you bought a new car you're thinking well i bought a car because it's just supposed to do what i want it's supposed to go it's just supposed to go yeah, that's, you get in it you can go on the highway you can go 80 miles an hour right that's why i didn't buy a lawn sculpture because i got places to go <laughs> right? right but the um the thing that's weird about this uh the idea that you have to sort of slowly slowly break in your car or make the engine uh functional to normal driving the reason it takes so long apparently is because when vehicles were older uh you'll hear a couple different reasons you'll hear like there was less precision in the engineering mm-hmm. um which i know i know some people will be offended when we say that mm-hmm. scott you and i are not saying that these vehicles were not engineered well no. this is one of the reasons that people say you were supposed to break in an engine exactly and then, um, well, well, like for example, hold off on the hate mail. Hold off on the hate mail, um, or at least give us an emoticon at the end. Or so just send it kidding. to Ben. Yeah, or just send it to me. <laughs> um, but the <laughs> I'm going to regret oh, that. Sorry, yeah, I'm yeah, going to regret that. But uh, one of the things that is important to remember, um, especially with that oil change, that initial break-in oil change, is that rough edges or jagged pieces and particulates inside the engine were supposed to break off. Oh, boy. Uh, now, you heard this too, right? Yeah. And we're supposed to break off during these first, you know, 500 miles or something, and they would contaminate the oil. Doesn't this sound horrible? It's It doesn't sound... I'm telling you, man, it sounds crazy. It's not It's not right. It's not, uh, it, it, it's not right to have jagged pieces of metal inside your engine, and that's... That maybe is a little bit beyond what was really going on. I think so. Yeah, so what, I mean, I think what the, what they were really getting at here, and this is, uh, you know, I, I think this is where people will understand a little bit, mm-hmm. is that the idea is to set, you know, to get the piston rings to mesh with the pistons, or with the cylinders. Yes. So the cylinders are what the tra- you know, the piston travels up and down in, the, the rings are around the edge of the, of the pistons. You want to get those two pieces of metal to seat with each other. So you want the two of them to uh, to mesh exactly. You want if one has a little imperfection, you want the other one to have to, a matching imperfection. Exactly, like the the reverse of that imperfection to to make a better seal. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, that's nothing. I mean, you want your brake pads to do the same thing. That's what the the purpose of breaking in brake pads, new brake pads, mm-hmm. and you, you truly do that so that they match each other and so that it, they work better. Um, that was the intent behind. Uh, breaking in an engine at that point in time. And now, now the reason was, and, uh, if you want to go ahead and, I guess, take us up to the, uh, the future here, or the <laughs> current day. Um, should I just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag? 
Let it out, man. I can hear it meowing from here. You don't really need to break in an engine anymore. Not really. No, it's not uh, It's not necessary. And I, I stress that you look in your owner's manual for guidelines, just in case. Just in case, Just yeah. in case they do say, you know, bring it back um, at an earlier interval, strictly because we know it consumes oil up to this point, or mm-hmm. we know that, you know, we want to check for something at this point. So check your owner's manual regardless of what we mm-hmm. say here, okay? That's that's very important. Um, or you're the person who's rebuilt the engine or whatever. Sure. But we're talking about new engines here at this point. Right, yeah. Um, so even if it's not a new car, as long as it has a new engine in it. Exactly. Now, I mean, now, remember how the idea was to, to seal the piston rings and the cylinder walls together? Yes. Not really necessary anymore because of the tolerances. It turns uh, out that, uh, you know, you were right in saying that, you know, the tolerances are, are much, much greater today. Um, the clearances are, are better now. They, they mm-hmm. used to be in just, this is one person saying this, but, yeah. um, I can back this up in just a moment. I'll, I'll tell you something I did this morning. Okay. Um, the cylinder clearances that used to be in the thousands of an inch are now in the ten thousands of an inch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means that, you know, the, 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 the bores are simply rounder. The, the rings fit within that bore mm-hmm. exactly right. They're, they're very, very close. There's no more of this, uh, there's, there's no gaps like there used to be. Yeah. There's, there's no more give because with the, advent of the modern manufacturing processes and the leaps and bounds that we've made in, I guess, using software to sort of, um, I don't want to say control the manufacturing process, but... Oh, that's accurate. Okay. Sure. Okay. No, it, it controls it because, I mean, you'll see robots measuring, you know, the the, uh, the, the robots you see with the, the pointer and mm-hmm. they kind of, they bob yeah. around, you know, whatever part they take out a sampling of, of whatever part it is and they're they're moving around measuring mm-hmm. everything within, you know, millionths of an inch or whatever they're doing, tens of thousands of an inch. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they're doing. They're measuring to make sure that all those tolerances are exactly right on, on part one mm-hmm. and on part 10,000 that they turn out that day. So the QA or quality assurance, um, I guess everybody knows that acronym. Sure. But anyway, the quality assurance there is just far beyond uh what we had at the at the time, you know, what did we say twenty years ago? Twenty, thirty, something like uh, that. You're making I mean, me feel old. Up to you know, up to that point, I guess I right. should say. Um but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean that's just mm-hmm. the way that's the way it was. Um, you know, you do a, an engine rebuild in your garage, it's gonna be mm-hmm. similar to what you got from the factory twenty, thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um okay, there's Somebody's going to complain about that too, I know, but that's, uh, you know, it depends on your level of detail and the way that you do things. Of course, you can do things better. You can do things a little bit mm-hmm. sloppier. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, the newer engines that come from the factory, they don't need a break in. Period. Yeah. They have, they have no break in procedure necessary in order for them to run well. Mm-hmm. I did get one person this morning. Here, I, I guess I should just tell you now what I did. Yeah. This morning on the way into work, I knew we were going to be talking about this. So I stopped off at a couple of dealerships. Service areas. I stopped off at four dealerships on the way in. No way. Yeah, I went to a uh, went to a Honda dealer, a Mazda dealer, a Toyota dealer, and an Audi dealer, and they all had the exact same line. They said that it's no longer necessary. The tolerances are much greater um, than they were twenty, thirty years ago. The Toyota guy told me that they dry tested the, the engines before they even wet tested them, and he said what they're done is it's like a um, so really it's broken in prior to you getting mm-hmm. the vehicle in mm-hmm. in a sense. It's, uh, it's electrically spun dry. And, uh, it's so, you know, it's so close that, you know, whatever, whatever seating has to be done happens at that time when it wow. heats up. Yeah. Um, because that's what you want to do. You want to get to the heat cycle where this mm-hmm. thing will expand and contract and, and that, that does it. Um, 
but they're tested once dry, then once wet. They they do add oil and then turn it again to make sure that it you know check it for leaks and compression, etc. So it's already seated. Everything's all taken care of. Uh, the guy at the Audi uh, dealership said that um, even though there's no engine break-in necessary, you know, for um, you know the, the seating of the piston rings to the to the cylinder walls, um, he did mention that the mileage will improve with age. Uh, so when you first get a brand new Audi, mm-hmm. uh, you may get slightly lower mileage than what you would think. Um, and I think this is true with most cars. Most yeah, new cars. probably. Um, you know, with the electronic systems, the the air sensors and the fuel sensors, they all have to uh, to acclimate and get themselves working together, and they do that over time. Mm-hmm. And it may take, you know, it may take uh, five thousand miles or so before you get the the posted limit um, of mileage or what you would expect to get out of that vehicle. Yeah, the manufacturers exactly. MPG. Yeah. yeah, so you know, there's there's all these little variations in it. You know, they had their own little spin to put on it, but um, really everybody was saying the exact same thing. Um, you know, at first they thought I was an investigative reporter or something coming in because, <laughs> you know, when you come in asking a question about oil and, you know, yeah. factory oil and how do you do a break in mm-hmm. and they're, they're kind of like looking for the camera, I think, saying, you know, like, what's, what's this going to be for? Mm-hmm. But uh, I just let them know it was informational and I just needed to know. That was all. And, uh, yeah. No, no lawsuit impending or anything like that. <laughs> well, if it, it, you know, if you're ever in that situation again, one of the things you can do to try to, try to put them at ease is just say, uh, well, I did not know how old I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. And you know, here's the crazy thing about yeah. this, Ben. This is such a controversial thing because I know that there are people right now screaming at the, at the, uh, uh, the oh, yeah. podcast saying, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You have to break in an engine. Yeah. There's, there's no way around it. You have to do it because there are people that have, uh, just as strong an opinion the other way. Yes. That you have to break in an engine mm-hmm. and that, that's the only way to do it for longevity. And, uh, there are people with examples, you know, they show, Interiors of engines, you know, one that they broke in properly, one that they didn't break in. Yeah, you can see that on the and, net. Yeah, you can. And you can see the difference in where. And, you know, some people say, I've got 300,000 miles on this car, motorcycle, whatever, boat engine, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, um, it, you know, there, it's hard to argue that. It really is. However, the manufacturers from, you know, the, these dealers that I mentioned are saying it's not necessary. And I've heard that from other people as well on online, you know, just in discussion groups. Yeah. And... um the, the funny thing is you'll get all these different people with these exacting formulas of what to do to break in an engine. Right. So, you know, there, there's a lot of people that say, like, well, the general rule is you don't exceed uh, 3,000 revs for the first 500 miles, and then, yeah. you know, you want to be kind to of the engine for the first 2,000. Mm-hmm. But someone else will say the, the first rule is, you know, you don't um, – if you want it to last a long time, here's what you do: you treat it, treat it well all the time. You never go above four thousand revs in that, the engine. Um, you know what? That is actually a good point. Don't let me steal your thunder. That's right. Okay, go ahead. Because one one thing that a lot of people might miss in this debate, and I admit there is definitely a debate going on, um, a lot of the things described as breaking in an engine are things that might just be good for your engine in general. True, like. Theoretically, now astute listeners will remember that you and I have said this before. When we talk about how often should you change your oil, mm-hmm. uh, theoretically, the best possible oil change is the way a race car does it. Like every time you go out, <laughs> you come back in and you yeah, change your oil. That's true. So you're not going to hurt your vehicle by changing it in the first 500 miles. No, no, it's not going to hurt it one bit. In fact, yeah. that's one thing I talked about with the service personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, I. 
specifically at the Honda dealer. That's the first one I went to, and I, I really hit her with all of my questions. This is just the person that uh, that does the write up for the service area. You right? must have weirded her out. Well, man. I know this is early. You know, it's seven in the morning or something. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm hitting her with fifteen questions. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I asked her about um, you know synthetics. I asked her about how often to change the oil. She said, you know, we we tell people that you know three thousand is. You know, that's what it used to be. It's not that anymore. Look in your owner's manual and find out exactly what it should be. So even mm-hmm. the dealership's telling you, you know, you can push it to whatever it says in the, in the owner's manual. Never hurts it to change it earlier, of mm-hmm. course. And I said, well, what about synthetics? And she said, well, synthetics are, are you know, they're factory equipped in a lot of vehicles. Yeah. A lot of high performance vehicles have synthetic right from the factory. And that's one thing that the guys that stress engine brake in will tell you that you can't run synthetics for the first 500 miles or whatever their considered break-in period is, 2,000 miles, whatever, mm-hmm. because it's too slick. It won't allow the surfaces to mate properly. I see. It will continue. All you'll do is just end up uh, um, brazing the surface or, or causing it to uh, causing it to continue this blow-by, and, and it'll be a bad engine forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're saying that you know if it's already broken in from the factory and you want to go with synthetics, there's no harm in doing that. Even if you want to go, you know, straight from the dealership where it had the the um, um, organic oil, and you want sure. to drive it straight home, put in synthetic and run synthetic in it the rest of its life, that's fine. You can do that, um, which differs from what they were telling. There is one thing that we we should mention before we go. Sure, definitely. Um, so yes, the cat is out of the bag. Um, according to manufacturers. The engine break-in period is a thing of the past. Yep, no longer necessary. According to car enthusiasts, the opinions are divided. Correct. And, uh, greatly one, divided. Greatly, deeply, profoundly. Um, and one thing that we do want to stress here is you should still break in your brakes. Yes. That, that has not changed. No, that has not changed. And that probably won't change. <laughs> yeah, I guess we did mention that at some we, point. We touched on it. I just wanted to go back and just explicitly say to anybody who has new brakes, not to sound condescending, totally different from your engine. Sure. You do need to break those in and sure. be careful and the manufa- with them. And the manufacturer will tell you how to do that or mm-hmm. the person who installs them or you can yeah. read about it or whatever. But uh, that's important. you know. And if you want to follow some of these uh, these break-in rules for a new car, new engine, if you have your engine rebuilt, say, yeah. um, you know, talk to the engine builder, talk to the manufacturer of the car, read your service manual, talk to the service director, you know, whoever you want to in the, uh, in the shop area there, the foreman or whoever. Uh, find out. You know exactly what they recommend, and mm-hmm. uh, don't go by what we're saying here. Just, uh, just you know, use caution. But um, you know, check it out. We're saying that. I guess, I guess the overall opinion from what I've heard today and what I've read about is that it's just no longer necessary. But it is true that if you are good to your car, it will be good to you. That's true, dude. My dad. I don't know if you know this. My dad's old school with mm-hmm. cars. Um, I, I think you might enjoy this story. We bought a. Uh, he had a Kia Sophia. It came out and he loved that car so much so that when the engine crapped out on him, he got a new engine put in it and he called it Lazarus. He in changed the car's name. Oh, <laughs> very. Yeah, really. Very he interesting. Put the new very engine interesting. In a Kia. In a Kia. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, he just, he loved that car. Uh, you know what I mean? Something about, uh, there's a joke there somewhere. There something is. Something about refilling a big lighter. <laughs> yeah. <But> I, <laughs> Trust me, my mother made all of those. I'm sure my mom still yeah. has a list of, of. That's no slam on Kia. I'm just saying, uh, Sophia. Yeah, right, right. It's not a higher end vehicle. No, 
And, and so he, he's just very attached to it. Sure. And I think he got a good deal on the engine, but he is definitely of the mind that you need to break in engines. And this is like, I was learning stick on the car at the time. Mm -hmm. And he had that, uh, he had, you know, the same, everything else was old and had the same kind of idiosyncrasy, excuse me, idiosyncrasies. That's right. I said that right. Okay. Um, that you will find a lot of times in, um, a low to mid range manual drive Mm -hmm. after a few years. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it had a new engine, man, and that thing was hungry. I was, you know, I was the worst person learning stick. It looked like <laughs> we were, I, I can't illustrate it, you know, over audio. Sure. But it was definitely stop and go jerk it was dancing. It was, bucking, like, huh? it, was, it was like I was in a dancing competition. Really? A uh, bucking bronco. A break dance. Yeah, yeah. Or rodeo. Oh, yeah. We can but, all picture it. But I just want, uh, we want to put that out there just so everybody knows that, uh, people, have their own opinions about how they should treat their cars, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times they're not going to change those opinions. Um, if you, if you do believe that breaking in a vehicle, breaking in a new engine is definitely necessary, then by all means do it because most of what you're going to be doing is going to be good for your car anyway. We're just saying the manufacturers say that you don't have to do that anymore. Fair enough. Does that sound good? Yeah, it does. Do we do we CYA? I no. think so. Okay. I think so. We cover both sides. Yeah, we ho- <laughs> I hope so. So uh, we're going to head out. Um, and in the meantime, if you guys want to find us, we'd love to hear from you on Facebook, on our Twitter, CarStuffHSW, on our blog, our website, and... You know we love listener mail, you guys. We do. So drop us a line at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.